Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, it's the podcast for the busy gamer. I, the weaver of fate and decider of roles, I'll be your dungeon master, Michael, and joining me is searching RPG bot because he doesn't want to roleplay, it's Matt. Hello, that's a joke, I do like to roleplay. I'm sure you know. <laughs> then, here's Adrian. What? Hi, I am Adrian, NPC in World of D&D. Hello. Oh, okay. I was like, why is there no explanation for this beautiful I name? think Matt forgot, but I thought I'd roll with it. That's uh, the lovely improv of Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> you guys are supposed to, like, read the thing before we just get into it, you know, in case it's not actually... Anyway, hi. Welcome to the podcast. We hope you've listened to our special Dungeons & Dragons Night Before Wintermas uh, episode. You can hear us play, uh, hear lots of funny voices, lots of very similar voices. Um, <laughs> but I was, a big, I was a big fan of the episode, listening back. Uh, I don't often listen back to our stuff. I don't re-listen to the podcasts. Uh, but that was, was a good listen for all. So check it out. And then you can see where we're coming from in today's breakdown of Dungeons & Dragons. Is it a game for a busy gamer? Well, see, that's the thing. Busy gamer might not have the three hours to listen to, but the beauty of all podcasts, and this makes sound like I'm going, I make podcasts, so I know, but I'm saying I listen to podcasts. If podcasts didn't exist, my world would be so bad because I can listen to them like 15 minutes in one sh- segment and again like michael i don't normally listen to our stuff i just talk and don't listen to it again, ever again but i'll re-listen to this oh we're fu- we're pretty funny guys <laughs> i'm i'm on a different uh side here because i listen to everything again because i edit it and you know what i had a third listen didn't i i oh. uploaded it i had another cheeky little lesson because yeah, cheeky i think little. it was pretty good but we might be too narrow in hearns i think you guys uh our listeners can be the judge well, I mean, the trick is the kind of comedy that we create is the kind of comedy that we're fans of. So, like, yeah, well, duh. Um, but Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. It, so I'm specifically... I, I feel like none of you guys went 5th Edition, but I feel like we need to say that it is 5th Edition yeah, because sure. there's a lot of nuance that... I feel like it's not actually worth going into for those who don't know, but worth to clarify for those who do know. Well, where should we start? Well, is this a game for a busy gamer? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, sometimes as a busy gamer, it's hard enough to find time to game. Uh, now, multiply that by, I don't know, at minimum one other person. To two other people and uh it's just hard to queue up people to be able to play it it's hard to um you know if you're making your own campaign it can take a lot of time and it takes a lot of time even with pre-mades to read things come up with you know your voices your concepts how what you want things to do it's just a no all around i think it's a very good uh game or vehicle of game i guess because it's almost like a whole other, like it's not a board game. It's like it's, we're reviewing it's... Source Engine, yeah, <laughs> rather it's... than like Half Life. 
it's like a whole engine um, and only a fraction of it, I guess, because it's like we're going, okay, we've reviewed Monster Hunter World on the PlayStation 4 and that's the console and that's how it works. And then this is Dungeons and Dragons, which is a single game that the human mind can create <laughs> out of the like any thought that your mind has is part of a tabletop role-playing game. So it is a bit of a broad subject but yeah yeah it's a little less definitive i think and obvious but But michael i'm curious on your opinion because you dm'd this so you'll have a slightly different take on the busy aspects as the dm the dungeon master i imagine that in a like a purely dungeon master created game uh that's the massive like time sink I'm glad that I was running with a with a pre-made campaign and I could just make tweaks as I wanted. Because if you were making your own stuff, which I believe both of you have done, um, mm-hmm. like that's a that's a <laughs> there's a lot of planning before the game can even like start, and that's just not that's just not uh, not a good time for a busy gamer. Um, but like, there's so much there. It, you're basically given all the building blocks that you need if that's what you're into. You've also got a different perspective because you aren't as familiar with D&D. So you would have had to spend some time, you know, learning the rules, whereas Matt and I play relatively frequently. We've played D&D for a long enough time that we know, you know, how combat plays out, how roles work, what dice to use what skills to use did you how much extra trouble was it trying to learn how to dm and play as well Uh, i don't know if you could tell but i did like i did not do probably enough homework into how to dm um i was leaning more on the role playing than the actual mechanics because i think personally i think dungeons and dragons has too much going on at times there's like there are too many rules it's like thank you for accounting for every possible scenario but i think i would prefer more like blanket systems like even the dice i was even wondering like do we really need as many dice as there are or would you like could you simply manage it just with the the bonuses you know so instead of saying like one d six plus three, like if we're using d twenties anyway, just use one d twenty plus two or something. Like I find that, that that like there's a lot going on, and it's obviously you can you can tweak it as you want because they've given you the freedom to do that. But it's like it's very overwhelming to look at it all. And uh, and as a DM, if I was to run more, I would try and keep things as simple as possible from a mechanics point of view. Well, I mean, do you want me to? It's it is daunting, I think, because you've got all these races, you've got all these classes, and you've got all these dice. But like the dice, you've got d twenty for everything except weapons, which is what the others do, and you need to kind of view everything, every aspect of the game. You need to be like. Oh, I'm creating a character. Okay, look at all these things. 
just pick one. Don't look back. Don't don't stress about it because you can you can spend the time and thinking about it. And I like to do that. Like at work, I like to think about games, and I'll have like a extra Excel spreadsheet, and I go, okay, so you know my satisfactory generates this much, but the factory can only do anyway. And so D and D is good with that if you like to do that in your spare time. But when it comes to playing the game and being there, I think the best thing to do is just be like, yep, I got a fighter. His name is Neil. Uh, That's it. Cool. Don't. Oh, you're a sorcerer. I don't care. That's you. I'm me. And because that's how your character would be. Your character would be like, oh, I'm a druid. All I know is plants. You're, uh, you know, tearfling warlock. Your dad is Cthulhu. Your godfather is Satan. That's not, like, you don't need to absorb that. You don't need to worry about that. And I feel like the mechanics are like that. The problem is that you need to be able to go. Once you encounter that bridge, you then go, okay, I know that this exists, so we can go, now that it's relevant, I can go check that out. And that's the problem. And that is a grind in terms of constantly not having the information, but knowing how to find the information is still a big memory sink on a human being. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Is this a good amp? Uh, like, not rant, but... Yeah, that's my take. That's my, is it for a busy gamer? No, that's why. Because you got a brain. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I'm drawn to variations of this system. Games like Betrayal, um you know, and even Nemesis for some reason is like, they have a lot of rules as well, but they are only working with sort of the core ideas of Dungeons and Dragons. And it's like, great. I've got a, like a character. Those are its stats. Uh, every, everything I'm going to get, like I'm going to get a card. Pre-made characters. Yeah. It's like, and it's all, it's all just a bit more like focused and then the rules can be more about sort of like either the, the way you get around or how you have like an encounter. But every encounter is going to follow like similar beats. And I'm like, ah, oh, good job. I think that's Wizards of the Coast as well, who are the publishers of that game. Betrayal is... Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I think sure that's by Wizards of the Coast too. Yeah. But uh, Betrayal, yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. They've, they've found the, the core of what makes this work. Yeah, like you're taking away the infinite possibilities um, and you're able to focus that into a more... I, like, I think it is a more play, like grounded and enjoyable experience to play games like that, but you do lose that freedom. And that's one of my favourite things about D&D is that... Oh, like, I tried hard to... Um, ruin adrian's dming because i just really wanted to settle down and have a tavern but no i had to go <laughs> i had to go fight this god and i didn't want to do that now look at neil he's dead adrian and you loved every moment of it i cried. also you chose i chose how he died okay kind of wait no, yeah didn't he die at a peaceful old age yeah he died so what are you, uh, what are you complaining about <laughs> uh, shut up um i think it's in terms of like look the grind 
I think, like Matt was saying, it can seem daunting and you definitely can get lost in what your race is, how to min-max, you know, what spells they have, what class they are, what weapons and what stats. But on the flip side, I think you can just get five people or, or, or however many you want to you run. I think the only person who needs to really spend time and even then... As, okay, this is going from the perspective of someone who knows D&D pretty well, D&D 5. Big man I feel like here. I feel like you can get away. I think everyone could get away with not really knowing much about the mechanics in the system because even DMing is pretty straightforward if you're doing it from a book. Like if you're playing a Storm King's Thunder or a Curse of Strahd or another pre-made D&D book, they're pretty good at giving you all the information you need. All you need to know as a DM is... Is this thing easy, hard, or medium to do? And how to make combat flow. Um, which is a little bit of learning, but I think no, no more than any other kind of game where you've got to learn, you know, Dark Souls, you've got to learn how the world is and how you're going to get smacked to counteract it. Players need to know next to nothing. I think you can get away with knowing nothing and like Matt said, just be handed a character sheet, you're a fighter, and you hit people with a sword. You, you just give people, you say, what kind of archetype do you want to be? If you were in Lord of the Rings or if you're in Game of Thrones, what character would you want to be? Build it for them or run a pre-made, like just find a pre-made character sheet. I think you can get away with a version of D&D that's very easy because all you need is the D20. Everything after that's just, are you better at stuff or worse at stuff than add or minus a number respectively? And then it roll over or under a number. And then the longer you get into it, the less time it takes, which is oh, yeah. funny. Um, there's like a, it's like a leveling system, except it's called learning. Um, and so I reckon Adrian or I could probably DM uh, just an impromptu thing because there are, I believe it's Xanathar's Guide to Everything and then also the Dungeon Master's book. That's the other thing. This costs money, this bad boy. If you don't want to steal PDFs, which I don't judge you for that, but they're not as easily searchable as D&D Beyond, um, which I'm sure we'll get into that. Let's write that down so we don't forget. Oh, yeah. Um, but... I could probably do not a good storyline, but a completely randomized game of D and D. I'm the DM, and then let's just see what happens. Like roll the dice. Dungeon Master Guide says you're now in a forest because, like, you know. And so that's yeah. That's, I think I think any of us, me and Matt especially, could just like take a random group of people who have never played D and D before and get them into it in an hour like very quickly be going into a game and playing like and we'd be guiding them through being like oh roll roll a d20 add that thing um so i don't think as a player learning is necessary but it definitely helps and you don't yeah you don't need to know a whole lot but um you you will find yourself getting caught and dragged into it dming is the only place where i think you have to know some stuff if you're going from nowhere, and that's probably where the most of the grind is. How long did you say it would take to get someone into it? Like, an, like as in, you could. I reckon I could sit like a group of people who have never played D and D before, 
down, hand them sheets. Like it requires me to do prep. So that's yeah. where the grind is. But I think I'd instantly have people hooked. Like I could sit people down and be like, here's your sheet. And then within an hour of playing, they'd like be hooked. See, but that's the thing. In comparison to other games that we play, an hour block of game time, that's not a good busy game. Like An hour is a normal amount of game time. I yeah, feel. but if you're a busy gamer, you know, we've been talking about games that take like, oh, you can have a quick little 10 minute match. But D&D, if I only had an hour in D&D, I'd be upset. I'd be like, what What do you call that? I want three hours. I want three hours on a podcast. Well, like you, I guess you know that's the I mean? other aspect of the quote unquote grind, like where it's it, playing it is time locked behind scheduling and real world and other people like satisfactory right if you played the first hour and then you're like damn it's really fun i want to play some more you can just keep playing or you can come back later that night and play more yeah whereas D &D, you got to bank on other people also being so into it that they come back later or you have to schedule it in a week or you have to postpone it a week you know the game itself i think is fairly intuitive and not too grind heavy, but um, the the meta stuff around it of um, organizing people is tough. So yeah, let's get a final is it a final goodbye for our busy gamers. Is it a game for busy gamer? I said no. Adrian said no. I just don't remember. Michael, can no, you confirm? It's a no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we got three thumbs down, but a five stars. If you know what I mean, three three blank, uh, what do you call it? Hourglasses. So if it was a good game for a busy gamer, you'd have an hourglass. There's three blank ones missing hourglasses, but then five thumbs up. Maybe would you yeah. call it? Uh, I no, I would call it ten out of ten. I'm pretty sure Adrian would call it ten out of ten. But Michael, what what would you rate this as a game? <laughs> out of ten. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I have to take away the experience. I think that's the thing, where it's like you can have like a 10 out of 10 experience in Dungeons and Dragons, which I feel like as a one shot goes, like it was a lot of fun. You should listen to it. It was like a 10 out of 10. But Dungeons and Dragons, if I look at it purely as the the game and not the story and not the worlds that you get to be in. It's probably like a, a seven or eight out of 10 just okay. because of that required knowledge, the memory sink as, yeah, as you put it. So now I'm just even more convinced that I want to get Michael in on like a year long campaign. I think that would change his mind. <laughs> it'd be impossible. He's no, but, such a busy man. But the, so I know, the campaign I know. is, is influencing. I know it would be a fantastic campaign. It would be a 10 out of 10. Like, I enjoy what we play in Dungeons & Dragons, but if we look at just Dungeons & Dragons as a game, yeah. it's not a 10 out of 10 system for me. Yeah. No, okay, fair. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not holding a gun at you. I think a lot of people Because we're in a different room. If we were in the same room. Now, <laughs> no. Um, so are we ready to move on to our gap in the middle? Goodbye, busy gamers, uh, or at least for now. You've, you've, that was for the busy gamers. Stay tuned. We're going to be talking more about D&D. 
I feel like I'm on a, either a radio or a, like new, uh, Sunday morning news show kind of thing. Um, stay tuned. We're gonna just dip right into our DLC. Our inventory management? No DLC. So the DLC is in place of our extra sode because we're not gonna be able to fit one of these in. Oh, uh, all right. Okay. As you can tell, we're a bit late. So, quick fire from the hip. What you been playing? Be quick. I've been playing Satisfactory. You could tell I've been dropping references. It's a very good game. Very, I love it. We're playing Jedi yeah. Fallen Order and hockey. And hockey. Like real uh, hockey or still NHL on the PlayStation? N- NHL. Okay, cool. Adrian, I go. Bang. I started Ghost of Shima. Haven't picked it up because instead I got back into Monster Hunter World. Um, and I still want to get that, but the late game stuff's really tough. And then I've been playing um minecraft as like a no-brain game while i watch the smite pro championship world games that are on this week there we go speaking of smite what on earth happened adrian after all these years finally got me into smite and i've been playing and i've been watching the smite pro league i don't know how he did it it kind of just happened i did it by stop trying (laughs) yeah it was like it, it it really was you know like i felt like he finally no it wasn't that but it was like i i felt because I, I think uh, when I want to get someone to something, I feel like I want to keep going until I felt like they've had an they've had a full true experience. And I felt yeah. like you had given Smite enough of a go that I was like, I'm happy to like, yeah, you keep, you don't like it, that's fine. I'm not going to force you to play it anymore. So I was like, it's up to you. If you want to play it, go for it. If you don't, that's fine. And then you were like, well, I'm going to play it then, aren't I? So um, <laughs> no, I think I'm just finally in the mindset for a MOBA. Um, and I think Smite. Looking at things, so I haven't played Dota or LOL. We should probably do that for the pod. Maybe next I told man, I've been telling you. Oh, we haven't. Okay, that's something we haven't actually done without right, going ahead. We haven't we haven't picked a, a get like a, a, a special number for our 80th and then probably 90th episode this year. Okay, well, what would our 80th and 90th be? What would this I, episode be? What one thing I've been suggesting for for decades of episodes now? There you go. You've LOL, got it. Is LOL. So and the other one that you've been suggesting is in here too. So we've already, uh, yeah. No, the other one for like special episodes is um, Rock Band. Oh, okay. Like, uh, well, if you're thinking Undertale, that's not a special episode. It's just a normal game. Hang oh, on. So what, what don't mind to? me. I'm I'm such so, a good podcast host that I need to Google us and so, see what episode we're up. To. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. This episode will be episode 78 because it was kind of a delayed. We didn't do one for episode seventy. So, yeah, seventy nine. So that, so January seventy nine. Let me slip in an extra column here. Uh, so February will be will be our eightieth. So we want to move stuff around. Are you happy to take the L? What do what do we want to do here? I'll. I'm happy to drop my first one in March, okay. and swap it into February. Yep, we're good for that. As the 80th that episode, yeah, we'd like to we'll play do Blood Rain. League. No, 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 no. no. Just Blood delete Rain's Blood gone. Rain. Okay, Blood Rain. Sorry, Sorry guys. Blood if you're Rain. really keen for a Blood Rain episode, let us know. We'll do it next year. Uh, and, but and I'm cool saying lol in place. We've got, uh, yeah. That, our whole is that lineup. culty? That seems pretty culty. Spoils on the theme, by the way, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're and in then, a little... But that means, weird. hold on. 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. December will be our 90th episode. 
So do we want to put that as rock band? Are you happy to take the L for that as well? No, was it rock band or um rock? Oh, uh, rock Smith. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, rock Smith. But um, yeah, that that can be yours as well. You can have both of our decade ones. God, but the one the episode I've been planning <laughs> for December is I've been wanting for ages. Damn. Get- oh. No, we should follow the trend. Drop, drop, drop the one in December for Rock Smith. We can do that one next year. I feel I'll, like you were so um, you were so keen on doing this. Let's leave it for so. next year because I have a th- I, like I have a thing that that will still fit, but I don't know if you guys want to do that thing. But we can figure it out next year. Well, but wait, as we're There's sitting more. in this weird gradient between the um, subcategory DLC and inventory management, wh- what do you mean a uh, theme? Yeah, so <laughs> that's why I said spoil it. This this year, the original idea that I'll still love and I know Michael likes, but Matt hates is games that are that are like considered bad. So I, I would imagine things like ET, something that I suggested earlier that I still want to do next year. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, like you know, oh, what's another bad one? What's that ride? Not ride to hell. What's Retribution. Maybe it's oh that yeah, one. that is a bad game. Like, like games the like one that's one that. percent or something. Yeah, like just games that are considered like by everyone to be bad releases. What's the other one? Life, Black Life of Tiger or whatever, and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, Life of Tiger. Life. Of I think Life it would have been a great thing, but Matt. Yes. So how great would that be? If you want that to be next year's theme again, let us know on Facebook or, or through reviews. But. This year we're going with, we kind of twisted it into cult classics. So some might have been considered bad at some point. And we've kind of stretched this theme as best we can to cover a few different bases. So like some are still cult classics, some were cult classics, but have kind of received the attention they deserve over time. Um, So should we just go through Some had cult classic, like their predecessor was a cult classic, them now is very mainstream, so it's yeah. like very varying degrees of cultism. <laughs> is that a word? Yeah, yeah, very varying Z- degrees zealousness. of zealousness. <laughs> uh, let's start with the two that aren't actually in theme. Like okay, yeah, just and then we will, then we will go through date order. I think will be yeah, best. that's the easiest. But then this way you can know, hang on, these aren't really in the theme, that, and that's why. Uh, so let's now reveal our 80th episode. Go. So, yeah, uh, just to reiterate, every 10 episodes we like to do something special, something different, maybe not a game, maybe a game that's unique. And for February we're going to do League of Legends. I've been pitching this for ages, and I have played it before, and I'm curious how my smite knowledge will transfer over to another MOBA. Um, that's why I've been really excited to want to play this for, for years. And then our 90th episode will be out in December, end of the year, which is a long way ahead. And that one will be Rocksmith, a rhythm game with a real guitar. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how someone like Matt goes with that. I'd be interested to see, can you actually learn guitar mm. from it? No. Which it claims that you can kind of do. Do you think I could plug a piano into it, <laughs> like using a MIDI controller, and then learn piano? No. That'd be fun. That'd uh, be good to try. 
And so, hmm? go on. You go. I was Take just going to say, and then we'll go through the rest of the games. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, we're starting off here in January with Star Wars Jedi Knight Academy, picked by Michael. I think no, we'll just not, run through all of not them. Not me. My name is. Oh, sorry, Matt. You're in green. Green is Matt. Come on, buddy. All right, well, I've stuffed this up already. <laughs> okay, February. hi, let me just take over. I don't <laughs> trust him anymore. Hi, my name's Matt, and I picked Star Wars Jedi Knight 3, technically, Jedi Academy. Very confusing title. Let's just go with Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Um, Jedi Cast is more of a cult classic, but this is one that I played and has very dear in my heart. You... You clocked up like thirteen hundred hours or something in Jedi. It was a lot, man. It was a lot. I was on a RP server, so I was like, I had this character who was kind of like based off of David Tennant's Doctor Who, uh, and so he didn't have a lightsaber, but he had like a similar device that like it would have timed lightsaber capabilities. So if he got jumped on by a Sith, he could quickly pull it out. Uh, oh, <laughs> hey! <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah. All right, I think we just rattle these off. We don't really need to discuss why we picked them right now. No, That's that what... was important for me. Okay. Don't you belittle but... his childhood. No, no, go for like <laughs> cool, but I think we'll we'll get around to talking about them in the episode and maybe even the um extra episode. So we can talk about why we picked them then, but I'll rattle off the rest now. In March, we have Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Father. That one was picked by Michael. And the next one we kind of just associated to Michael, but we're all going to play it regardless. I'm going to say it's Michael's because he introduced it to all of us. You right? will. That's very true. It's so very true. April will be Monster Hunter Rise because that releases in March, and I can just about guarantee all of us would be playing it anyway. May is another Matthew selection, the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy. No. Maybe. Just cut, the first cut, one. Cut, cut that trilogy out. So the trilogy will be 60 hours long. Let's just play the first game. And if, if you go... Oh hi! Listen to the. This is an episode about the first game. I played all three. That means it's just a good review. In June, we will be taking on Undertale, a selection by me. July will be Psychonauts by Michael. August will be Earthbound again, selected by me. I went with the RPGs, didn't I? You love an RPG. I hate them. <laughs> Why am I selecting them? I uh, September will be Bully again, picked by Michael. October and November, both by Matthew, are Destroy All Humans and Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Uh, I had to say slowly because Matthew misspelt it here on purpose and um, <laughs> I almost said what he wrote. Now say say it how I wrote it. <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. <laughs> and yes. then December, our 90th episode is Rocksmith. Um, I did have two other selections, but... We dropped them. You heard them. They, they were blood rain. Kind of, just... That's not important. The other one is I'm going to leave that for next year. Those are our games. I'm sure Matthew will put together a fantastic graphic to tell us all about them on our Facebook page, which is where you should go if you want to like and hear our latest news and see our episodes as they go live, etc., etc. Yeah. Well, we're in full inventory management. Um so, what do you call it? Like a subcategory of a show or a podcast? What do you call it? A segment. A segment. Yes, welcome. Now we're in the segment inventory management. Uh, so the next episode, I'm sure 
you know is Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Academy. So make sure to rate us on iTunes, share us on Spotify, hit up Facebook at No Time to Ground Podcast, or another way to go is to my Twitch channel, Mega Matt EX. Uh, and from both of those avenues, you can get onto our Discord, where if you just join and just start talking to us, I'm sure you'll get a response. Um, and no, I mean, we're so. Because of how holidays go, this episode is exactly a week late, so we actually will only have three weeks to smash out Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, which might not seem like a big deal, but when you're a busy gamer, uh, it's a problem. So, uh, no, unless something, like some big news that we really were like, yo, we got to talk about this on the podcast, which I doubt will happen, and normally it's just on Facebook. Uh, no uh, extra soon. So very sorry. Not a problem. Anything else we need to discuss before we finish and talk about D and D? Um, no. I my only question was: Is League of Legends free? Because I wasn't one hundred percent sure, yes. and it is. But God, well, they're like what I call them. They call them champs. Have to be purchased. Oh really? Well, maybe I mean, so do the I'd, have to, I'd, have, I'd have to check. Uh. We'll, we'll learn all about that come February. The game, at least, is free. So you should have some free gods on rotation. Oh, here's, here's, uh, here's a good little uh, segue. So Tiamat is coming into Smite. <laughs> yes, but, Tiamat and Gilgamesh. The, well, it's Mesopotamian, but they're calling it the Babylon. Babylonian. Yes. Yeah, Babylonian um, But in Tiamat also features in a small game mythos of Dungeons and & Dragons. And Actually, here's another thing that I wanted to get into... As players, the world of, like, Faerun or Toril or whatever kind of sucks as a player because you want to have that agency to be like, oh, I come from this village and all that kind of stuff. And I 100% agree with that. But thinking about it just the other day, as a DM, it's a lifesaver to be like, okay, i got Baldur's Gate here. I've got uh, Waterdeep here. Like, players, you tell me that you've got a town and I'll just chuck it in, like, yeah. between there. That's how because it was designed, was to have some specific settings, but also be so large that you can make up your own stuff and it's not, it shouldn't really clash with anything. Yeah, like, because our latest foray into D&D, uh, the players were like, oh, but I don't like the world because the world's getting in the way of my creativity. And it's like, no, no, you don't worry about the world unless you want to. As a DM, it's so good to be like Daggerford, yep, and this is the how many taverns it has. Like, I don't have to make that up. And you know what? That's only still one, like, coast of several continents on Toril. Like, the Faerun lore goes deep, and again, that's just one realm. Like, they have released other... Eberron, which I think is that the Magic the Gathering one? No, Eberron's, no. no, that's um Ravnica Ravenic- is the Magic yeah, the Gathering yeah. one. But there's also Crin or Crin Space. I learned all that stuff when I was doing the um Wild Space stuff, but um like they actually have other settings that aren't Faerun. So you're not even limited to Faerun. It's just I think Faerun became the kind of staple because it did so well, and you've got you know the Neverwinter video games and Baldur's Gate video games yeah. and stuff. But I just wanted to, like, say, because it's important for me, like, it's a trick. You think, like, we were talking about having to do a memory sync. You'd think that having to learn about the setting would be bad. But that's a trick that you've told yourself because making it up is going to take more time. 
And then even then, you don't need to keep what you read. You just go, yeah, this tavern's good, but it's a bit boring. And I already had the idea of this um, two gnomes in a trench coat being the bartender. Like, keep that. Take what, take what you want. Put your own thing in. It's fine. It's beautiful. The setting is a godsend. That's what I. That's my note. Would you that's... like to talk about D and D Beyond? <laughs> oh yeah, we should probably do that. Hey, uh, great addition. I love. Like I was thinking about it, right? Because people still sometimes call them pen and paper RPGs. These these tabletop um, role playing games is what I call them. Um, but you don't need pen and paper anymore. You have an app that has everything on it, all your skills, and like you don't have to go trudging through a book for like a spell anymore because you can just click on it tells you everything you need to know it's a great resource but it's an average at best tool is the way i want to describe it like because uh, well i i used the app because they have two apps it's really funky you'd think <laughs> wizard of the coast would have some damn good like coders and geniuses making a good website but it's funky. They have an app. So you have the website, which is cool. Um, and f- you can go to the website on your phone and use that. And you can use the dice rolling. It's a little clunky. I think it's better now, but in the beta, it was terrible. And it would, like, crash your phone out. Um, and you've got all the skills there and everything. It's, it's fine. But they have an app. Except the app is just to look at stuff. It's just a resource, right? Sure. And then they have a second app for you to do your player characters, which is great. And the, the rolling works smoothly on that one, and that's great. But it is a little, and I didn't realize this until we saw playing with it, it's very slow. Like, you'd be like, all right, cool. I, uh, you guys, time to make a perception check. And I'd be like, oh, cool. I've got a. And I was probably looking at a spell that I was thinking about doing next or something like that. I've got to like scroll back and Matt's just like thrown his dice down, looked at his sheet, bang, plus three, whatever. He's got a 17 and I'm like still scrolling back. Hold on. And then it's loading. Oh, I swiped past it. Got to go back. Yeah. I, I would, I would hope maybe they need a, a quick button, like a quick return to skills button. I think there's still a lot of thought that needs to go into Wizards of the Coast's online resource for D&D. Are you also, ready to, hang on, I need right. to interrupt. Go on. Wizards of the Coast doesn't have an online resource for D&D. Oh, is it, is it a third-party one? It is a third-party, I just wanted to say. But they own, like, this is the most official one. I'm pretty sure this is Wizards of the Coast approved. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it, Wizards have lent their intellectual property. Hmm. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, it's Wizards of the Coast. They've yeah. said, you can represent us. Also, they're, they're... It's f- funny, is all. I mean, people outsource stuff all the time. I'm like, that's fine. As far as I'm like, obviously it's not in-house, but Wizards of the Coast has to tick off on everything that happens through this app and through this website. So they've okayed these decisions and we know they're smarter than that. Also something I don't like is the way they, the economy on there. And and when I mean that, I say that I mean literally how you spend money to get stuff. I don't know why it's not just like a, because you, you can pay and so it's free. You can get on there for free. If you're thinking about playing D&D, you can get on there free. You can make up to five characters for free. And that's good. I was getting into wanting to build more characters. So I bought like a year subscription. I think it's like 30 bucks or something. It was fairly cheap. 
Um, and it also gives me access to like beta stuff and some books. I can't remember, like some other stuff. That's cool. Uh, 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 and it gives me access to the homebrew section, which is also a cool addition. I don't know why it's not just a. You still have to buy all the books that come out individually, I'm pretty sure, and any other resources you want. Yeah. Why is it not just a one off subscription? Like, make me pay. a year and I get access to every class that's been released, every race that's been released all the stat blocks I need for a DM that kind of thing instead of making me buy every book individually because I'm not going to (laughs) someone else is going to buy it like we've worked around I played, what did I play? I wanted to play Artificer for for this camp this short one shot we did but I don't have Artificer anymore because it's not um, beta testing so Matt bought Tasha's Cauldron on D&D Beyond and he can just hook me into a game and I now I have access to it. Yeah. That seems that seems worse off. I would be happy to buy it if it was part of like a $60 a month. Or like you'd be happy to pay a higher subscription to Yeah. Like even if it. they even if they tier it like it's $30 a month and you get what you get now but then you pay slightly more and you get access to you know maybe every release but the most recent one and then another one is you get every everything. I think that would be that would make that website kill it, and also some improvements to it and actual functionality. Um, look, it's much. It's so good to have access to that. I remember when we were playing three point five before four even came out, and like I was looking for apps, and I found one that was great, but it was like a, a third party one. Um, it's good that it's like a formal one. It's official. All the rules are there. It's exactly as it should be. It's not someone's interpretation, but it. Come on, you're Wizards of the Coast. You can do better. That and that's um, my rant. <laughs> yeah, I agree with everything on the phone. However, so like it, playing it on my phone, terrible. On my iPad on, on portrait mode, terrible. On my iPad landscape and on laptops, I I couldn't per, like the financial stuff aside. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better service. Honestly, and it's uh, great, yeah, and I love that's it. Pretty and good. I'm very happy. That's because, and that's just because it gets the benefit of everything on one page. On a laptop, it's great because your skills like, are on the left, yeah. and you got all your actions on the right. Beautiful. But like your, um, yeah, on the phone, even on the website, is not ideal. Like you click to roll the because di- it has an automatic dice roll for you, which is great. However, it takes up your phone's GPU. <laughs> And sometimes your phone goes, oh, I'm not going to give the browser any of my GPU. I have the GPU. I'm just not going to give it to my browser because it's not like, um, what do you call it? It's not properly coded or whatever. Yeah. It's not, uh, and so it just optimized. doesn't work. Yeah. It's not optimized. And so it just doesn't work. And then your thing is frozen. Uh, but on... And then to have two apps is stupid as well. Oh, well. I haven't... Look, I haven't encountered the problems in uh, the browser. I haven't used the app. Uh, but browser on phone uh, works absolutely fine for me. So I guess poorly optimized from device to device. Well, like, it, it runs fine. I think the dice rolling thing is less prevalent now than it was when it first came out but like it used to crash the shit out of your phones um, oh yeah back in the day 
back in the day, one year ago. Um, <laughs> but I think it needs a it needs more thought in its um, access, its ease of access um, when playing. Because, like I said, I was using the phone. Matt was using a character sheet, and he was. I felt real. I felt bad because I was holding the game up to scroll through. I've got to go back through my this, like back through my items, back through my spells, back through my proficiencies. Okay, here we go. Now I'm at my skills. Like it's just um, and look, I'm not saying it's easy, but I feel like there's got to be a better solution. Yeah, because it makes me just want a character sheet and just have like the app open to look at the intricacies of my spells. Because that's a that's the real benefit of it is that you can like instead of having to open up the the like player's guide and be like oh okay what what does uh, acid arrow actually do or what does firebolt actually do you can have it on the phone you click it, it tells you everything you need to know it tells you in, and right there it even says what your AC it does all the math for you but um oh yeah God remember in three point five e where you'd have to be like okay you've got this number, then you got to add this number, and then you got to add this number. Whereas D&D Beyond is just like, here it is. That's what you Which are. is great. It's perfect. And you can even, like, customize if you're doing homebrew stuff. You can add all that code in, and it's great. Um, again, that's why I think it's D&D 5 is so good for new people to get in and, and for busy people to get in because you don't have to do any maths. I remember doing character creation for 3.5, and, like, you have half your con in skill points or half your ints in times 10 and skill points and then you have to designate them and you can do half it's like 3.5 is good for that if you want all that intricacy but i think five they've done a really good job with dnd5 of streamlining it to be just basic or to be simpler like it is like hey do you want to hide do you want to try and like Rather than have several skills for one, for various specific activities, hide, disguise, slate a hand, etc. You just have a stealth skill now and that kind of thing. And I think that lends itself more towards a good, busy gamer game because you don't have to go through and pick this specific thing and think about how you want to build your score. Am I am I overall more stealthy than other people? Yeah, let me put some points into that. Let me be proficient in that. There's a lot more tick boxes and a lot less number math. Yeah. <laughs> which I really enjoy. And I that's why I find Michael's point of view interesting of it of it being very complex. Which like I think it can be if you want to, but if you don't want to have any thought into it you don't need to and it doesn't really force you into that much so i'm interested in michael's take on that front well that's what i that's what i learned basically through through running as a dm that i i got to pick and choose exactly what was going to happen so i did not follow the the one shot it was well made as well like whoever made it did a good job at keeping it all very succinct, very simple, but I didn't even use everything in there. Um, as yeah, they and look, that, that's no, that's that's as someone who's run a full book campaign before, it's it's not there for you to do everything, it's for you to pre- be prepared in case your players do want to do that thing. So, like, a lot of pre-mades will 
like give you options or give you stuff just in case. Like I, Storm King's Thunder's whole like I think second or third chapter is literally just like okay, now here is everything in Faerun in case your players go anywhere. There's whole chapters in that book that never got played because it's not there to be like you do this step by step thing because that's not how the players are going to take it. It's here to be uh, if they do this, this is the chapter you go to. If they do this, here's the chapter you go to. So, so like <laughs> I'm sure the person who made it was sorry was. Um, just going like, oh, you know, they sound like I don't assume someone who's done a lot of D&D would make one. And they're probably like, I know how players might tackle this. So I'm going to yeah. give you a few different options to take. To, to, to say it both as spoiler free, but also I don't know because I was only the player. Essentially, it's like, okay, at this point, your players need to go get an item. There are six or something like that of them that exist. So you have a chapter each of those places. Yeah, but the thing is, you only need one, so you don't go to each and every one. You just pick one, go there, and you're done. And that's all those chapters are like, okay, we're done now. And because yeah. I remember, because uh, I believe either Horde of the Dragon Queen or Rise of Tiamat, which is something I'm running, um, which I need to get back into that, by the way. Yes, uh, I, want and to, I want to be Periwinkle again accidentally looking over Adrian's shoulder but not wanting to, like, spoil anything. I didn't read the words, but I saw what I now know is the flowchart. Like, the official D&D books have a flowchart. And so, um, Horde of the Dragon Queen, uh, or whichever one I'm thinking of, is like 1 to 2, 2 to 3, 3 to 5, 5 to (laughs) 6... But then three has a little split off to four of, of like a, and then this on the side. Whereas I'm pretty sure Storm King Thunder was like one, two, and then two splits off to like it three, like, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, and, and then like a big back, line of all stuff. Yeah. Back to nine. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's right. Because the other thing was the place that we go to where we met, um, where, where you made one of our players cry. I don't understand in, say, the book that I was using for Night Before Wintermas, like, I don't understand why all the information on an enemy is given. So, for example, Frosty the Snowman has a skills perception plus three and a stealth plus three. And it's like, what's? why do I need to know that he doesn't use those stats but if the players if the players stealth in there he would need to do a perception check to see if he sees them yeah and then likewise if they use their perception check to see oh is any of these snowmen frosty the snowman uh and for context you'll have to listen to the episode (laughs) uh then then he rolls a stealth check if you so desire that he is trying to hide yeah so like it's I would base just, that it's, purely upon the players and not on the enemies, if that makes sense. So, but the, the thing is, you need to know, like, yeah, how we approach it is different. But you need to know that if we do approach it by trying to be sneaky, how, like, how would Frosty the Snowman fare at trying to find us? And that's where the numbers come in. Whereas I would say that and that, I mean, like, the information on him is is negligible. It's purely about how successful you are at sneaking, not how perceptive he is. 
but he if, yeah, but if he was not, not frosted <laughs> if he's not frosted a snowman instead he's a a cheater that like just purely the creature difference has a different perception in sound like it's just a number to tell you that frosted snowman is plus two good at hearing in case you need to use it you might you probably don't most of the stats on an enemy stat block you don't need to use because usually they're just <laughs> slaughter but um if the players do decide to do something whack like stealth in turn visible frost the snowman as a ball of ice and as a person who has it experiences in life how would he how well would he fare against trying to find that yeah because it's not like against a door <laughs> it's different because that's a, always going to be the same a door's a door but like a person is different and one Frosty the Snowman is not going to be the same as another Frosty the Snowman. Whereas I'm, like, I as the DM didn't want to get bogged down into that. And I just made a call. I go, Frosty the Snowman compared to the other snowman uh, is going to be, is just going to be better. He's going to be more perceptive. I don't need an actual number on it. The only numbers I'm interested in is how successful are you as the players. And if I'm not, like and if you, so if you roll like a four or whatever and he has perception plus three like no i'm sorry like even if he like even if he then rolled the same thing it's like no he's not a dunce like <laughs> if you've rolled a four but he, i think you fail i stealthing i see where you're coming from but you're missing out on vital dungeons and dragons essence of I want to try this thing that has very low chances and then the DM rolls poorly and all of a sudden you've now befriended something that you shouldn't have befriended. And that's part of the charm of D&D is doing things um, like it's not good for the DM (laughs) most of the time. Most of the time it ruins the DM's plans. But that's part of the beauty of it is that now you have to run with that. I don't want that to be... I don't want that to be numbers-based. I want that to be, say, you wanted to befriend Frosty the Snowman, like, using your skill numbers plus your actual role-playing, I, as the Dungeon Master, will make a decision on that. I'm not going to have him be convinced because he doesn't pass a stat. If your story is convincing enough, if your reasoning backed up by your numbers are good enough, then I'm on board. Like, I'm going to role-play it rather than use the mechanics and go, ah, sorry, didn't work. If I'm like, that's a fantastic thing, that's going to work. I'm going to make it work. I don't care about rolling for him because I want that to happen. Like, I'm like I'm happy for the players to be driving it and not the numbers. See, my only problem with that is, you know, a lot of, like, it's very, that's very good with us three. But, you know, sometimes with the, like, kind of larger group that we DM with, some days, like, um, the players will be really good to roleplay, but then other days they're, you know, they're they're in their shell kind of thing because it is a bit of a leap to get into the mindset of, you know, roleplaying and stuff. Like, sometimes it's like, eh, I I just want to hang out with my friends, I don't want to be playing D&D, kind of, like, that angle. And so you're not in the roleplay zone and so they're not always going to be hitting good roleplay purely because of those extenuating circumstances i don't want to 
ruin that for them. So I probably like I've told you uh, this. I, my biggest problem with players is I find that they don't ask things enough. So now I'm a lot more lenient than I would be. So an easy door to break down is probably an automatic door because most of the time the players don't even ask. They're like, huh. Oh, well, this door's locked. Guess we're trapped. Got like, that's honestly, it's like what? Yeah. I... So, so now, but on the reverse, if they want to role play, or like if I want them to role play, but they don't, they now have the net of well, I'll roll my dice, they can roll theirs, and we'll see what happens from there. I take the approach that the numbers inform the role play. So, like, because. I mean, in reality, no matter how hard, how good you speak to someone and how, like, no matter how good charismatic Donald Trump is, he's still lost, you know, like. Yeah. So I like to use the numbers to inform. So, like, if you if you are role playing with me and engaging with a with a conversation we're having, I like that. So you get advantage, but there's still joy and humor or to be had in. You, you did really well. Yeah, sure. You were very charismatic, but you still failed. The DM's job is to then go, why did you fail? Like, what what reason is? like? And that's where the flavor and the DM's, you know, world building and world description comes in. So, I, like, I writing off the numbers completely feels, um, I don't know, it, feel, it feels... Like you want to be playing a different... Yeah, like I, as much, I might as well just be having a conversation with you, you know? But Whereas and that's, like, sometimes it's The way good, you said just, it is, just... is the better way of looking at it, where it's like they're influencing it, but I'm not going... Like I'm not... I was not inclined to roll as the enemies for everything. I've made an assessment on that enemy based on their starting values, and then I'm not going to get bogged down in that. I want to see what you as the players do. So yeah, if he is yeah. more perceptive than the other snowmen, then I'm gonna tr- then he will be treated differently. You'll need to get a higher roll, but I'm not gonna make him roll. I don't care if he gets a nat twenty, you know, to your nineteen. Like that, that ruins that ruins the 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 joy. I guess if I'm happy with the situation and you've got a nineteen, then I want it to progress. Like I I think that's the thing that's like I just like. I like the the expressiveness and going into the odd situations, and I wouldn't want. But sometimes I wouldn't want the game to get in the way of that. Well, sometimes you create even more odd situations by failing to do or succeeding to do something like that when you really shouldn't have. Like you know, if we were trying to befriend the snowman and you were just happy with the role play, but then we failed a you know a perception check, you know now the situation flips. Maybe he's like. He realizes we're toying with him, or we, he realizes we want to get to Santa. You know, like, and that's a that changes the situation. I like, I like the out of out of anyone's hands how the situation may develop. Yeah, and I like having to fail forward. Yeah, like, like it, it's kind of like a weird twist on improv because improv is always yes and, uh, but this means no and no uh, but how like it's how do you do no no because no but is the last jedi no and is fail like you failed but the consequences of that both push you forward but there is that consequence like there is like so 
a good example would be if if I had only one iron door to get through an area um, and someone was trying to break it open and they failed, well, okay, you fail at opening the door, but you break off a pole which makes a very loud noise. You've got enemies on you, but you can move through now. Like, that's failing forward. Yeah. You did the and thing, but with consequences. Yeah, and it's a tricky thing to do. It's very hard to do. Like, that's why I would be keen in trying different systems as well, maybe further down the track in the podcast, like um, Adventure Time does. Well, they're doing Monster of the Week for a little while, which is like has a lot of... It's just a different system and it's a different concept I, on how role play works and how... I do not remember Finn and Jake doing that. <laughs> Did I say Adventure Time? I meant Adventure Zone. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Um, I just went from, what's this new podcast that I don't know about, to, oh, you mean the great one that I just love. They got a lot, man. Like, it's, it's a lot It's of... worth even Even the non-D&D stuff is... Mwah. Anyway. No, it's, it's all good. It's just there's a lot of it. Um, but I kind of send you a point. Sometimes you, like... You just, you just want to engage with the person rather than with the character. Yeah. yeah. And as a first-time busy gamer DM, I, yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to keep the experience sort of moving forward and be listening to you rather than having I to don't... stop, check things, roll for things. But so you let's make it sound it like it's let's a five-minute break. Uh, you can still roll forward with a check. Like it can be as simple as like, I think what was the point? I think it was the first roll of the day where you were, someone was trying to convince someone of something. And I was like, do a persuasion check. And what do you mean? Someone was someone. There's only two people <laughs> here. One's the DM. It was me. Yeah. You but I, mean, I can't remember what character you were talking to. Um, but, Uku told Grub to roll. <laughs> Um, but like it doesn't um, yeah, have it to was... be as long elongated like what did you get okay well I got this plus this like you can just roll your dice in your hands as a DM and go like oh well I rolled a four so that like I definitely failed doesn't like the beauty of, D- of DMing is that you can fudge a lot of stuff or you can approximate a lot of stuff yeah um, like uh, here's another thing this is just how to make it not a grind um Hidden with, you know how characters or enemies have health. That's like, you roll dice for their health. Just take the minimum, the maximum, and yeah. if you want them to die and they're somewhere in between, done. Well, these ones were quite simple in that they simply had hit points and that was the only reference of their health. Yeah, that, that's all you have. That and the AC. Yeah. And initially I thought that they had too much health compared to you. Um um, but thanks uh, for to, two people, it slightly was. But I think we we managed. We got through. Thanks to damage every round by a certain move by Adrian. <laughs> uh, it, what was that? Tasha's caustic brew. That made everything very easy. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have taken a while. Oh yeah. Um, and I hated that I have to keep like had to keep using it because I was like, I want to use other spells, but I didn't pick any damaging spells. <laughs> and I guess and this I, is the and view. artifice is complex. At the end of the day, this is the beauty of it all, where it's like the like as a role playing game, everything is there as a guideline, and if 
if you're put together with new players, you have a system that will work. If you're with your friends, you're probably running your own homebrews. You're probably running... Exploding dice, baby! Yeah, you you probably have everything that you want. And, um, and so it was a good way. It was a good introduction for me because I was playing with people I knew... Like, I knew sort of what you guys, like, how you guys think, and you know how to play the game. So you as the player were doing everything. I I rarely had to ask you to, like, hey, can you roll for this? Because you're going already, I want to roll for this. And I go, okay, yes, do that. Whereas if I was to be DM for people also playing for the first time, it probably would have been a mess because I... I could probably not lead someone yet. I'm not versed enough. I wouldn't be able to help them. And the DM usually has to be able to help everyone. Yeah. Well, it's a very weird game to talk about. Because we're talking about a concept almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're not talking about the game. We're talking about how to play the game. (laughs) Yeah, but like that—that's what Dungeon Dragon is. The story yeah. of it is is whatever you want it to be. You get to make it up. You get to look at the world, the history of Feyrun or whatever other space you want to use, and decide what your story is, or read it from a book, and that's just as acceptable, and that can be just as fun. Um, but like how it plays is how it plays. Like that's what the important part is. And I'll start wrapping us up here by saying that I think. Dungeons and Dragons brackets fifth edition, and with an asterisk of being like any D and D or any role playing game, even is yeah any TTRPG. It's a fine time. Like I, you've got to try it. If you, I did not realize how enjoyable it could be until I played it. Um, a fine time or a make time? Because make fine time, time is if you if you can play it, do play it. No, sorry, but make. Make time. You got to You yeah. got to play at least at least a short campaign. At least get to like level five or ten on a campaign with some friends. Because I think Dungeons and Dragons is the best video game that's ever been made. In your head, you can do anything. It's the video game. When I was playing like three point five for the first time, and I was like, I enter the room, I shoot some guys with a bow, and then so I was like, wait. What a, can I like jump off this table and shoot someone midair? Yeah, why not? I'm doing that. Can't do that in a game. Uh, so yeah, Dungeons and Dragons is the best video game you've never played. Yeah, make time to grind because it, it's it is one of those games. Like uh, I could just repeat what uh, Adrian said, but I think it's it's one of those things where even if I said I hated it, you still need to actually experience it and try it out if you haven't. Um, and I think you you do need to make that time to try to get from, I want to say, find someone who knows it. Or even if you don't, you don't need someone who knows it. You can watch one video by the Dungeon Dudes or Mr. Rex or whatever. They have all these um, like DM guides for starters. And it's like... So if you're starting off, start at level one. If you have an experienced DM, start at level three, I want to say, and then go five levels forward. 
So one to five, if your friendship group has never played at all, no one in there, and then three to eight, if you've got some experience, because and then then you can sit down, rest, and say, like you know, when you're ninety years old and your grandkids go, did you ever play Touch It to Dragons? You can look them in the eye and you can say, yes, I give it a fair crack. Uh, and then I continue to play it for the rest of my life because no one's going to get that far <laughs> and not love it. Because the thing is, it melds to your wants and needs. Like Michael was saying, he has caveats with it, but the th- the trick is he melded it to its to his needs. It is what fits what he wants. It's now like the what he started with was not correct, but what he ended with was. I am not as in love with Dungeons and Dragons as you guys are. For me, this is a fine time to grind, um, particularly because of like because of the organization, the time required. Just saying a make time, I'm like, no, you don't need to make time. If you find yourself in a situation where someone's like, hey, come play D and D with us, and you're like, oh yeah, I am free that day, then go along. Like, you should find the time to play. But it is like it can it can be daunting. You do need someone who knows what they're doing, and the experience really shapes what you think of Dungeons and Dragons. So until more recently, until the past couple of years, I would say I had a pretty sour taste about Dungeons and Dragons. Because the the games I had been a part of just left me feeling very frustrated towards the game, um, and so it's it's all about like who you were playing with, and even like the campaign you're playing at the time, because then it is like the grind will be there if you're not like if you're not enjoying the company or the story, like if you're not enjoying the adventure. Um, and yeah, I just remember a few campaigns just not like just not doing it for me um in years gone by. So it is yeah, I don't think it's but that it's yeah, it's a really d- tough one because at the end of the day like we said, it's a concept, you know. So some people if if you have great campaigns and you have good role players and you're playing with friends who have a good time and are generally on the same page or even if they're not on the same page, they're doing something entertaining. There's nothing worse than someone trying to make the entire party do something they don't want to do, and that yeah, could then, there is a that could then sour the experience. But that's like that's I, not I, Dungeons and Dragons' fault. Yeah, yeah. I I'll say it's not for everyone. Like, but I do feel everyone's going to give it a go. And with what you're saying. There is also like an un- unwritten, even unsaid rule of like, you kind of gotta, um, not give up some things. Like you, you know, you have a group of people who are going through a story, and maybe you want to do this one thing, but everyone else doesn't. Sometimes you do gotta go. Well, I gotta give it up. I mean, a great example is in this campaign that I ran for Matt and, and other friends. He was like, my character, like, I killed his wife in the game. 
greatest moment greatest moment when i realized i could do that and like had the freedom to um, you should have killed his kids as well because like his character like i was saying I, i'll make a new character because yeah. he's gone because he needs to look after his kids now so that this is the point i was making like you were like my character retire gives up and he goes look after his kids and i'm like i like i understand that decision but maybe like this 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 part is the part where you've got to you know realize it's a game and find a reason why he would stay um it doesn't have to be revenge it doesn't have to be you know something out of character but just look for that little reason why they would do the thing you would think they wouldn't do or would go against the thing they would instantly do there is a little a little um a little give in every character what's another example like i mean again Coming back to your character, he was lawful good and dealing with a party of people who were like not lawful good. <laughs> and it's like, well, he would arrest these people. He would take hold them to justice. But it's like, okay, how would your character justify this stuff if he is going to put up with it? Um, well, it was because he learnt about the greater good and that sometimes you got to break laws in order to save the world. And that was beautiful. Uh, however, on paper, I do need to let you know that on paper, it was a very bad final leg for Neil. He spent months in space traveling essentially in a straight line uh, <laughs> only to pres- get power word killed. Right? <laughs> then when he was resurrected... That resurrection was just immediately taken over by the bad guy. Uh, so I didn't actually get to fight the bad guy uh, because the final battle. Uh, and that's just on paper for Neil. It, it was very good and there's other things, but we don't have the time for that. But on paper, yeah, you, you killed my wife. I had to travel. <laughs> I then immediately got killed. My body was taken over by the bad guy. And then I finally properly died. So, uh, thanks for that. That sounds like a really interesting, cool story that someone wrote from scratch. Wonder who did that. And I wish people could hear it. Hey, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. My name's been Adrian. My name's been Matt. Did you just plug a secret podcast that I don't know about? (laughs) It felt like it. And I was like, I don't have anything to plug. I'm just getting out. (laughs) And I've been Michael. We'll see you next time. Bye. And we can plug. We can plug our podcast. Night of Wintermas. Don't take if you don't like D and D and you gotten this far. What are you doing? But um, go there, listen to it. It's really good. Even my uh, manager is listening to it, and he's like, "It's interesting. That's for sure." <laughs> <laughs> Look, so it's got to be good. Here's my uh, postscript for D and D episode. Voice is encouraged. Not, not if you really don't feel like it. I'm not going to push anyone to make a voice if they don't want to. But put a voice on. It's so much more fun. And it's it's a great distinction between, oh, this is my character talking. Or a character talking to me versus, oh, this is Matt or Adrian or Michael making a joke. It's, it's Utru making a joke. It's Grub making a joke. Highly recommend voices.